0: Welcome to another episode of the Feral Human Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Smith. It's just too nice a day to record inside, so I decided, since I'm going to stream this to YouTube, for those of you who haven't uh, seen any of my, or listened to any of my podcast episodes yet, welcome. But I am shooting outside at a local park because I just couldn't stand to sit inside today. Hopefully it doesn't affect the audio quality too much. This is an experiment. We'll see how it goes. Let me know what you think. But this is episode three, and today I want to talk about the disconnect from nature that's so prevalent in the developed world. So here in the Western world, we tend to think of ourselves as separate from nature. We're here and nature's there. And there are several key things that I think really highlight that effect. Number one is our dwellings. There is are little self-contained bubbles perfectly climate controlled to the point where now we shrink wrap them with Tyvek. And I know that's to save on energy costs and everything, but to me, it's, it's a little weird creating this sort of virtual world. There really isn't any movement of air. It's a constant temperature. The humidity's constantly regulated. It feels like a very sterile environment. To me, it's always felt like a virtual world, and I've always been more comfortable outside, to the point where being out in the woods feels more like home than being any house I've been in as long as I can remember. All of this time inside has kind of an interesting effect that I've always kind of chuckled at, but it's really very telling to what this controlled environment does to us biologically. Every year, I've worked outside for most of my life. We'll just start with that. I ran a paintball field for eight years. I worked for a utility company for 12 years. So I spent a lot of time outside working. And every year I hear the same thing. In the wintertime, it's really cold. People complain about how cold it is and they say they can't wait for summer. Then summer rolls around, and it's really hot and humid, at least where I was in Virginia. And then everybody complains about how hot and humid it is and I can't wait for fall. It's like people just don't have this ability to adjust to any temperature other than, you know, the perfect climate controlled indoor environment because that's all they ever spend time in. And because I was outside so much, neither neither of those really bothered me too much until it got to extremes. You know, I'm talking like, teens and single digits for the cold and up over 100 degrees with like 100% humidity is when I started getting uncomfortable. But even then most of that was in the heat because I had to wear too much clothing for work or in the cold because I'd screwed up and didn't bring enough clothing for the cold. Otherwise I always didn't have a problem with the weather outside. And if you follow Wim Hof, I've been doing the Wim Hof 10 week uh his 10 week course here recently and What I've noticed is, your body adjusts very well to exposure to different environments. When you're regularly exposed to it, your body takes steps to adjust and makes those things more tolerable. But when you're never exposed to it, your body just doesn't get used to it. So it's almost like your body needs this stimulation from nature to be a complete being. You can't be a fully developed human without these stressors of up and down, hot and cold. They help shape your biology and make things worse work. The other interesting effect I've noticed that basically being indoor dwellers has caused is that this idea that nature is out to get you. You know, people going out camping expecting to get attacked by bears or wolves or lions or these creatures just looking to come get you. If all these critters were looking to live on humans as a staple of their diet, they'd all be starved out because it doesn't happen very often. There's the occasional animal attack in the U.S., but it's extremely rare. There are places where these attacks are more likely, still rare, but more likely. And for most, at least speaking for North America, most of North America, the likelihood of these attacks happening are what we would call statistically irrelevant. The odds of them happening, basically they won't happen to you. Um, so this whole concept of everything in nature is out to get you comes from our, our Comfort in our little virtual bubble. And the idea that everything outside of that bubble is dangerous. And that, that's from a lack of knowledge. You know, we don't have experience with the natural world the way that we used to, even a couple hundred years ago. With climate control, we have no need to, to move around. We can stay comfortably in our houses. And now with the modern shipping world, we don't even have to leave our, store, our houses to go to the grocery store anymore. Everything, literally everything you need can be dropped off at your front doorstep. So it's becoming even more of a virtual world rather than less. And in order to undo that, you really have to take conscious steps to change your relationship with nature. And in that regard to nature, I would like to talk about our relationship to food. I can remember a time, and I still chuckle about this, where I was with some people and I was, these these were people who didn't have as much experience outdoors as I did. And I was, we were walking and there was an apple tree and this is in, you know, a suburban area. And I reached up and I pulled an apple off and started eating the apple. and. A number of the people in the group started freaking out. They were worried I was going to get sick or that I was going to get some weird disease or that the apples weren't safe to eat because they didn't come from the grocery store. When in effect, the apple that I just picked was probably far safer to eat and far more nutritious than anything you can buy in a grocery store. We have a very strange relationship with our food now. We don't even know where our food comes from. Uh, if next time you go to the grocery store and buy food see if you can find out how much of that food has come within 10 miles of you 100 miles of you or even a thousand miles of you you'd be surprised to find depending on where you are in the country some of that food has traveled thousands of miles to get to that grocery store and i'm not here to talk about sustainability or anything like that i just want to talk specifically with our relationship to food when you don't know where your food comes from how can you, you know anything? Have, how can you have a relationship with that food? There is no relationship. You haven't done anything to get that food. You can't know that food. In most cases, this food isn't even native to your environment. So, knocking on the idea of there is no separation between humans and nature, rather than the idea that nature is out there and humans are here, If you think about eating food, what you do when you eat food is your body breaks that food down and it turns it into its base components, which your body then integrates into itself. So if you think about it that way, there is no separation between you and nature. You are the sum of everything you've consumed in your life. The air you breathe, the water you drink, the food you eat. That has all shaped your composition. It's created your physical vehicle. It's always kind of strange to me to be able to go to the grocery store in the middle of winter and buy fresh fruit there's no way that that fresh fruit has come from anywhere nearby it's probably shipped up from south of the equator where it's that season and even then that food is usually picked before it's ripe because it has to survive that journey even though the varietals that are in the grocery store are designed more to survive shipping and have a long shelf life than to be nutritious that's because the more fruit that goes bad, the less money producers make. So it's a business decision. So how is this affecting the way we interact with the natural world? One, it, it leads us to create spaces where, that are considered wilderness, basically places where humans don't go at all or humans are just visitors. I understand the concept here, but part of the problem is because we've done so much damage to the ecology in the developed world, that the natural system balances that were in place prior to us doing so much damage are no longer in place, specifically the large predators, mostly they're gone. So these environments aren't basically in their natural state anymore and they can swing wildly out of balance very easy without human intervention. Um, Places like Yellowstone where they've reintroduced the wolves have seen the environment improve dramatically. So the two options in those cases to slightly diverge is to reintroduce predators or for humans to act as predators. Those are basically the two options because these environments are not healthy without apex predators. Environments are composed of the flora and the fauna. If you cannot separate the two, the wolf is just a different expression of a prairie or a forest. It's not a wolf on its own. The wolf doesn't exist without its environment and the environment doesn't exist without the wolf. They're both interdependent. And humans in our more um, Western, like triumph over nature mentality, have sort of tried to erase that and prove that we've conquered nature, which is hilarious because everything you eat and drink comes from nature. I don't care how much science there is, even, even when it's produced in a laboratory, it's at least produced initially in nature and then broken down in a laboratory and recombined. So there is no separating humans from nature, no matter how many steps you put in between those two steps. So getting back on track, where you see this divergence from nature is, and the humans here, nature out there, is it's incredibly common to see people um, spend tens of thousands of dollars as a community to help foreign areas. And I don't mean necessarily across oceans or in different countries, although this is very common, rather than helping their backyard. But that's what people do. You know, they'll watch entire areas be leveled, entire ecology destroyed in their backyard and spend tens of thousands, even millions of dollars in another area to try and do ecological, basically uh, repairs. It feels good. It makes, it's like checking a box to make you feel better about what's happening around you. But you don't really have any relationship with, with that environment that you're sending money to. I'm sure that it's good, and I'm not anybody who wants to do that. I'm not saying don't do that. But what I'm saying instead is, what does your backyard look like? If everybody paid attention to their backyard, then we wouldn't have to spend tons of money in other locations or in our local community to keep the environment healthy and thriving. It's it's a matter of no relationship with nature that causes that. You don't even have a relationship with the nature you walk past every day on the way to work or on the way to the grocery store. A lot of people don't even know if if you're tight on on your budget and you are having a hard time buying food, you you can produce food in very small areas, even in apartments on part apartment uh, balconies. So. This lack of um, relationship with nature has created a lot of problems socially and a lot of problems financially for people. Growing food is like printing money, and it's... Gaining and producing food was the job of humanity, the only job of humanity for hundreds of thousands of years. It's only recently that we have had the luxury of not having to procure our own food going to work to get money to buy food is kind of a strange system historically for humanity. So my sort of challenge to you is take a look at your nature, your relationship with nature. Are you an inside dweller? Do you produce any of your food? Do you buy all your food from the grocery store? Maybe you don't even cook and you eat out and you have almost no relationship with your food other than the consumption of it. Um, see if you can improve that just a tiny bit. Maybe instead of eating out all the time, cook twice a week. Maybe go to the grocery store and try and find stuff that was produced more locally or take the next step and grow something in your backyard. I personally like to start with herbs when I'm growing. They're usually really hardy, harder to kill than other plants. You can use them all the time. And fresh herbs are far superior in flavor to other purchased herbs, and frankly, herbs for their size are one of the more expensive things you can buy in the grocery store. So try producing some herbs. And then from there, see what else you can expand. You'd be amazed what you can produce with relatively little input. And most people, once they get into it, tend to take a certain satisfaction in being able to uh, create some of the stuff that they put into their bodies. Anyway, that is my thoughts for today. I'm sorry this podcast is a little weak, uh, a week late. I uh, had a last-minute decision that I needed to drive back to Colorado, so things got pushed back on hold. Thank you for being patient with me, but how about that view back there? Anywho, that was the Feral Human Podcast. And until the new moon, go build that relationship with nature. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys soon.